Welcome to a special episode of Media Buddhi A to Z. This is a short episode in which I talk more about the need for this podcast. Why it's a podcast in the first place and not a video series or for that matter a series of articles. My name is HR Venkatesh and I've been with Boom Fact Check for now for about 3 years and I started Media Buddhi. And I'm actually recording this back at home in New Delhi after having landed Uh, from a series of international flights but this episode was written on those flights and in between in the last two weeks basically three of us from boom fact check we went to oslo norway for global fact 9 it's a fact checking conference uh, and we encountered some pretty interesting new ideas and we confirmed some of our own ideas about how to tackle the war on truth and hopefully when i say confirm our ideas i hope there wasn't much confirmation bias at play And then from there I went to Honolulu, Hawaii for another conference. This was the International Media Conference by the East West Center where I encountered a few more interesting ideas as well. Unfortunately, I also caught a, a moderate case of COVID-19 in between and I was forced to rest in uh, Hawaii, Honolulu and also in New York where I had to cancel a flight. But the experience gave me some time and space to think away from the regular rhythms of work and life and i'm passing some of those thoughts to you because they focused on why we are doing this podcast so in my first few days in honolulu where i was self isolating from other people but not necessarily stuck to my room um the university of hawaii campus is beautiful i could walk around it has large canopy like trees I came across a book in their campus bookstore um and uh, the campus bookstore was kind of half open they were reorganizing their stuff so there were all these shelves there uh and uh, books were all over the place and I came across this little book it's called Call Them by Their True Names by the writer and thinker Rebecca Solnit it was this solitary little red book that was nestling in a stack and priced at $1 and of course i grabbed it before anyone could see it because for those of you who don't know media buddhi very well rebecca solnit is like a patron saint uh, you know and i think the you know this writer and thinker i've unconsciously absorbed her writings over the years such that it even led to the creation of this podcast so that question why this podcast the idea was that we must have a space to discuss truly contentious issues by taking them one word at a time you know in each episode we tackle some words starting with one letter of the alphabet for the first episode the letter a we discussed words like authenticity algorithm appropriation allyship anonymous and anxiety some of these words seem very simple but they're actually nuanced and understanding them better helps us have better conversations and for the next episode uh, the letter b we discussed words like bhakt bias bakwas and blame and more now back to the book call them by their true names by rebecca solnit when i read the first few pages of her book sitting on a bench under another large canopy like tree at the at the campus of university of hawaii i felt shock waves i felt she was describing the project of this very podcast far more eloquently and of course many years before we started it so i'm going to read a few parts of this book now solnit says that one of the types of stories that turn up in our folklore or myths again and again 
is how a mysterious or threatening person is defeated when the hero or heroine discovers his name. Heroine, I should say. I shouldn't say heroine, right? In any case, let me read verbatim from uh, the passages of a book now. I open quotes. In the deep past, people knew names had power. Some still do. Calling things by their true names cuts through the lies that excuse, buffer, muddle, disguise, avoid or encourage inaction, indifference, obliviousness. It's not all there is to change in the world, but it's a key step. Unquote. She continues, When the subject is grim, I think of the act of naming a diagnosis. Though not all diagnosed diseases are curable, once you know what you're facing, you're far better equipped to know what you can do about it. Research, support, and effective treatment as well as possibly redefining the disease and what it means can proceed from the first step. Once you name a disorder, you may be able to connect to the community afflicted with it or build one. And sometimes what's diagnosed can be cured. Imagine, you know, it's it's just amazing uh, that Rebecca Solnit writes these words um, and, and she, she says further down in the passage, another line, open quotes, naming is the first step in the process of liberation, unquote. So I like this part. I like the idea of naming as a diagnosis and naming as the first step in the process of liberation. And when we think about it, words and terms like fake news were not common at all before 2016. It's the same with words like misinformation and disinformation. These words were used in intelligence circles and in spy novels, but they were not really in mainstream. Similarly, we have so many words today that describe feelings and phenomena where there were no words before. Feminism is one, for example. Um, once we got to know these words, we could start building actions. And we started fact-checking, for example, which is a field that pretty much sprung overnight. And that's what I think she means when she says naming is the first stop step in the process of liberation. Let me quote one last time from her. Open quotes. To name something truly is to lay bare what may be brutal or corrupt, or important or possible. And key to the work of changing the world is changing the story, the names, and inventing or popularizing new names and bringing new terms and phrases. The project of liberation has also involved coining new terms or bringing terms that were obscure into more popular use. We now talk about normalization, extractivism, unburnable carbon, about walking while black, gas lighting, the prison industrial complex, and the new Jim Crow, affirmative consent, cisgender, concern trolling, whataboutism, the manosphere, and so much more. Now, these are words, some of them we'll discuss in future episodes and in the Indian context as well. There are many words that need proper explaining and examination and there are many words that need to be created or maybe reclaimed. I'll give you one more example. At the East-West Conference in Honolulu, my fellow panelist was Dr. Joan Donovan, who is the research director at the Shorenstein Center uh, at Harvard University, at the Kennedy School there. Coincidentally, she was also at the fact-checking conference in Oslo and she made a couple of eye-popping presentations. And so I was able to grab little bits of conversation with her here and there. She said, you know, think of the word, the terror of the word hacking. 
the idea that people can take over your electronic devices and steal your passwords and plant bits of incriminating evidence in your laptops dr john donovan says hacking gave way to a global effort called cyber security which is probably now an industry worth billions of dollars right so hacking gave way to cyber security similarly what can misinformation and disinformation lead to um can the rise of polarization give rise to a global effort other than fact checking we already have fact checking you know maybe media literacy at the scale of journalism or something else that we can begin to imagine as we go about the business of naming and coming to terms with new words stay tuned as we find that out there's one last thing to say why are we doing this as a podcast because a podcast is a conversation and in conversations you're allowed to develop your ideas in real time and you're allowed to make mistakes and backtrack to an extent that you cannot do either in text or video a podcast is also a very intimate experience because it's like we are talking directly to you when it's a video we know that it's playing on a tab or an app on a device somewhere there are multiple distractions so that isn't optimum finally i mean you can do other things while listening to the podcast right you can listen to it with 60% concentration or for that matter at 2x the speed or faster so that's basically it for the short episode i'm missing my colleagues divya chandra and archish choudhury but we'll be back for the next episode and in the meantime you might want to check out this podcast on substack or well on any other platform like spotify or apple if there are any platforms where you've looked for this podcast and you cannot find it please write it to us and then we'll try and fix that and uh, this podcast by the way is called media buddhi a to z thanks for listening